Hey everybody, this is David Chuddick, and this is our last episode of 2021. And with the start of the new year coming, I thought it would be great to talk to Dr. J about some health issues, because let's face it, we are all worried about putting on a few pounds over the holidays, and, and a lot of times what we call the January effect comes around in our minds, and we want to make some improvements in our life in the first of the year. So hopefully you'll learn some interesting health tactics from Dr. J. And as always, if you have any financial issues that are keeping you up at night, email me, David, at ParallelFinancial.com. We can set up a time and we can talk about your issues, see if there are any next steps, and also check out our new updated website, www.WeeklyWealthPodcast.com, and let us know what you think. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chuddick where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. My name is David Chuddick, and I am a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial. And what that means is I help for my clients to make the right financial decisions for them for the reasons that are important to them. So if there's anything that's keeping you up at night with regard to your money, email me, David, at parallelfinancial.com. We can have a, a short conversation, and I am always happy to be a resource and point anybody in the right direction. And don't forget to check out our website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com, and download our financial basics worksheet. And hopefully that can get you to start off 2022 on the right foot with regard to your money. Today, we are, we're getting off of money a little bit, and we're going to talk health and chronic conditions and just some things that we all can do to manage our health. Because let's face it, we can do all the right money things, but if, 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 if we have health issues, then, then is, is really, what's the point? So, so we have a lot of control over our health. We have uh, Dr. Janika Benoit, better known as Dr. J on social media. She's a board certified internal medicine physician and a sports medicine specialist, and she's a founder of MedFitDO. Uh, she's also a runner. I used to be a runner, um, exercise enthusiast, and a former ACE certified personal trainer trainer. So, hey, Dr. J, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm really excited because I'd, I'd love to have a holistic, um, a holistic financial planning practice where we talk about every aspect of our clients' lives because money is super important, but so is health, so is relationships, and so are, you know, the parts of our lives that are, are just, you know, we have some control over. So, well, cool. well, tell me, tell me a little bit about your story. How you know? Tell tell me about your practice and a little bit about your background because this is pretty interesting to me. Yeah. So, um, so as you stated, I'm a board certified internal medicine physician and sports medicine specialist, and I really got started on this journey since my second year of residency. So I remember one specific day during my second year of residency, I was just finishing up my clinic day and I was just so ready to be done with the day because I was just feeling so overwhelmed. And as I got on my bed with the covers over my head, I realized that I was feeling just like my patients because just like my patients who were overwhelmed of being on so many pills, I was feeling overwhelmed and having to constantly prescribe them and refill them. Just like them who sometimes didn't even know why they were on certain pills, 
I felt like I didn't know my why as a doctor, because what I really wanted to do is help my patients find health. And I felt that I was just maintaining their health with just uh, prescribing and filling their pills. And just like my patients who felt like they didn't feel in control of their health, I did not feel in control of the trajectory of my career. I knew that I wanted to do something different. I knew that I wanted to do something more. I knew that I wanted to make impact in a much bigger way on the health of my patients. And I felt like this path was laid out to me, but I was just like, I can't keep on going on this path. I have to kind of, you know, trail off. So in order to do what I want to do. And what I realized is um, exercise. I've been an avid exerciser really since high school. And it was initially challenging to keep that up during residency. And I would tell myself limiting beliefs like, oh, well, maybe I have to give it up because I'm, you know, I'm a resident now and I don't have the time anymore. And I was just like, no, like I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to do a little bit on a regular basis. Um, I'm going to do what I can in order to make this a habit because I want this to be part of my lifestyle. And quite frankly, it places me out of integrity to tell patients that you should eat healthy and exercise if I'm not doing it myself. So in order for me to keep my integrity intact, I'm going to make this a habit and practice what I preach. So, um, you know, that led me on the journey to uh, then, um, you know, helping, you know, busy professionals who have chronic illnesses, help them reverse their chronic illnesses so, you know, that they can live lives where they feel energetic, more youthful and more vibrant again, because I remember, you know, how I felt in that setting and I, and I want to be able to, um, you know, liberate others as well. So I like to ask dumb questions because I'm not a doctor. Let's talk about what is a chronic illness and what are some of like the common chronic illnesses that you're seeing from 25, 35, 45 and up kind of stressed out, maybe overworked, under exercising uh, professionals that, or moms, dads. I mean, we're all busy. So, so what are some of these chronic illnesses? Yeah. So, I mean, a chronic illness is an illness that you have for an extended period of time. So what I mean by that, like three months or more. And the common chronic illnesses that I typically see is high blood pressure, diabetes mellitus, high cholesterol, obesity. Those are the common ones. And, you know, usually with these chronic illnesses, they're, they, they are maintained by being on pills. However, you know, I really wanted to err on the side of prevention because um, I, you know, I really, I really don't want patients to come in and having to be on these medications when I know that this can be preventable. So, you know, that's why I also love talking about exercise because there's actually strong evidence that shows that, um, regular exercise can prevent a lot of risk for cardiovascular disease, such as, um, all, all the previous uh, diseases that I mentioned, high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol. Um, even certain types of cancers like breast cancer as well, and can help with depression, anxiety, can help improve sleep quality. So there are all this strong evidence that exists out there that shows that exercise can do this. And there's also a dose response relationship as well. So what that means is that the, the higher frequency and intensity of your exercise, the lower your risk of developing these chronic illnesses as well. But, you know, we still have to start somewhere. 
to even experience that dose response effect. You have someone who is, let's say, 45 years old. Like everybody else, they were probably a high school athlete, you know, thought they were going to go to the pros, never did, but, you know, were in really good shape. And now, you know, they're 20, 30, 40 pounds heavier, a couple, you know, they gained a pound or two per year. And now, you know, you have the proverbial dad bod or, or um, what are some of the things that that person who still is a dad, still is a mom, still is running a business, still is in, you know, a job that is, that is uh, demanding, like, what can that person do? Um, you know, as far as exercise, because a lot of people, I think there's the excuse, well, I guess I have to run marathons to get any benefit, but I don't have time to do that. So I just won't do anything. And, and of course, that's the wrong answer. So, so what are some exercise types and tips that you have for, for our listeners? Yeah, so actually, ironically speaking, I don't even start with exercise in that case, in that case, because I start with their mindset. Because for me to tell someone to start exercising, that's me telling you what to do. Um, and likely you have not developed this habit for a while, there's no like Eureka that's going to happen just because I told you so. Right. (laughs) So, um, you know, I like to understand what are their, their drivers of change or if there are any drivers to change, because, you know, there are times that we don't even get really deep and think about, okay, what is the purpose of this change? Right. What's the, the emotional, uh, the emotional and, and motivational drivers for me to t- uh, make this change? So a dad, you know, you know, as a parent, you want to be around for your family. You want to see, you know, your little Johnny and <laughs> Susie, you know, get bigger and graduate from college. So I would, tr- you know, I would also, you know, ask them, okay, like, well, what, is mo- what would motivate you for change? Do you have a why? So it's it's so it's it's extremely important to determine what your purpose is because your purpose for making a behavioral change is what sustains it and make it a a long term behavioral change because so often we stop and go stop and go and we don't remain consistent. So it's important to first like determine what the person's why is. Um, what is their purpose for making a change in, in the first place? You know, have they even considered a change and why not? Also determining what the limiting beliefs are because, you know, maybe they think, oh, well, you know, I can't do like push-ups or whatever. And it's just like, no one said you have to do that. You know, there are so many simple exercises that you can start with, right? So, but if this is a person, so it, it depends like the, you know, fitness, fitness level of the person, the the fitness experience of the person. So let's say this is a sedentary person, a sedentary dad, I would just start as simple as walking. And the reason I will start so simple is we as human beings have to feel confident when we're performing a a type of movement. This is called self-efficacy. So what self-efficacy is, is that your ability to sustain a behavioral change based on your confidence level, right? So I would start a sim- I mean, because we walk all the time. That's you know pretty simple thing to do. And I and I usually tell my uh, patients thirty for five. According to the physical activity guidelines, um, we should do about one hundred fifty minutes per week of moderate intensity exercise and seventy five minutes per week of vigorous intensity exercise. So I would just I I hit a little bit below the guidelines to get them a quick win because that quick win is going to help. Um, boost their confidence level and 
also provide them with the belief that, okay, if I can do this, then all right, I can, you know, maybe increase my, my minutes or maybe increase my intensity. Maybe I'll start walking with weights in my hands or weights on my ankles or a heavy book bag. So, is more better or or is there like an optimal amount of exercise for me and an optimal amount for you? Yeah, so it you know, it honestly it depends on your fitness level because okay. if this is a sedentary person, I would say just start where you are, mm-hmm. but if you um if you are, you know, you you exercise regularly, um then I would say yeah, definitely there's room to improve. You can definitely um increase your intensity, increase your frequency, increase your time. Um there's definitely room to improve. So I love it. It just depends. Uh, now, talking about mindset, um actually my last episode, we I talked with a business coach named Dee Gredler and she has a tool called the power of seven whys. So Hey, Dr. J, why do you want to, why do you want to exercise today? Well, I don't know, because my doctor told me to, well, why do you, you know, why? Well, because I'll get me off the blood pressure medicine. Okay. Well, why? And if you ask that seven times, it's going to be something much deeper. Like I want to be around to see my grandchildren graduate or something that's much, much more important than the number on the scale. Cause the, that number itself doesn't really matter. It's, you know, what's happening inside or what that better body image does or, 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 or how you feel and things like that. So there's always a much, much, much deeper why for anything, money, health, relationships, anything like that. So what happens like in my body when I'm exercising, that's so good. Like, why is exercise a good thing? Cause you always hear, you know, diet and exercise. Well, okay, great. But why, what, what is so good about exercise? Yeah, I mean, well, exercise, it, it releases neurotransmitters such as dopamine and norepinephrine and, ep- and epinephrine. And these are all neurotransmitters that affect our mood, right? So they're mood enhancers, right? It makes us, you know, that's where we're energized and, you know, and we're, we're happy, we're like ready to go. So, I mean, and that's what, you know, people want to feel. They want to feel more energetic and they want to feel more vibrant instead of like sluggish during the day and, you know, feeling heavy. Uh, so yeah, though, that is, that's the physiological effect that exercise has on the body. I ran a, a few marathons in my twenties and, and I ran one a few years ago. And, and I remember saying like the runner's high, like you almost feel bad for someone that's never experienced it. Cause it is a real thing. Like you really, sure. you, you feel that, that euphoria diet and exercise. What are some easy diet tips that like anybody can follow once they get past the, why do I want to quote, eat better? So somebody's decided what their why is and, and they're willing to make those changes. They know that some things are going to be inconvenient and, and maybe, you know, you're giving up some of fast foods and things that are, are both disgusting, but also taste good kind of in the same bite. I mean, um, Cause they're genetically, you know, they're, they're chemically engineered to taste good and, and probably be addictive. But what are some of your just really really generic diet and nutrition tips. One that I really like is because, uh, you know, vegetables can go bad, right? So we buy the vegetables, we put them in the fridge, they go bad. And it's just like, oh, well, <laughs> we, yep. I had every intention to eat my vegetables, but they went bad. Uh, so and if like, you just leave them in there long enough on purpose, so they do rot, then you don't have to eat them. And it's like, oh, well, I don't get to eat my vegetables. Wink, wink. Right. So like for anyone who's, you know, busy, you know, putting like cutting up fresh veggies and then putting them in the fridge um, is like a really quick way to get your vegetables in. And then, you know, after that, you can either saute it, um, you know, to, to make it into a hot meal. 
Um, also staying hydrated, right? Because I know like during the day when we're busy, uh, it's, it's hard to be, be hyd- it's hard to remain hydrated. So, you know, keeping a water bottle on your desk or what have you. So, so that's a constant reminder, drink water. Those are, and also being mindful of, um, you know, the, the work, the work treats, you know, the, the cookies and, and all that stuff that comes to work. Uh, so, so I, you know, I also recommend planning. So meal planning and bringing your meals to work so that you already have your meal set that you're not distracted by all the other food that comes into uh, work as well. So interesting for me, I eat very well at the office because that junk is typically not here at home. We have kids and there's a little bit of junk. So there, there's a, a few more, few more temptations. All right. So let me throw a couple words out at you and, and let's, let me, let me hear from you. Are these good? Are they bad? Are they neutral? Or what are your thoughts? So word number one, vegan, good, bad, indifferent. Tell me what, what your, your thoughts on vegan. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm indifferent. I'm not really into the, like the specific diets for me, at least for me, I'm personally speaking is I um, pay attention to like what my like body feels and how it responds to certain foods. So me personally, and, and I, you know, I recommend other people to be cognizant of how food makes them feel, right? So if meat makes you feel yucky and bloated, then, you know, maybe avoid meats um, for a while. But, you know, there, all, there is also some, you know, evidence that's, um, that states that meat, there are some meats that can cause colon cancers. But I would, you know, recommend it in moderation and being cognizant of how food makes you feel. Right, because there are, there are foods that make you feel um, energy depleted, but there's also foods that make you full of energy. It's usually the healthier um, uh, pro, uh, proteins and and colorful vegetables that give you that energy. It's usually like the carbs, um, the sodas, you know, the chips. That is what depletes your energy. Yeah, you know, I remember you know, back in the eighties and nineties, there was, you know, low fat, low fat, low fat. Now we're on low carb now, you know, and then, but we've never been on a low colorful vegetable. So that's probably the thing that'll, you know, we could probably debate a lot of different things, but, but colorful leafy vegetables and, and things that grow from the ground will probably never be considered, considered unhealthy. So, but things like, you know, there's paleo, there's low fat, there's low carb, I mean, is it like some of that might be good for me and not good for you and vice versa? And it depends how my body works slightly different. Like do any of these diets or eating styles, I mean, do they have merits or how should you look? Cause it's so hard as a lay person just to know, like, you know, eggs used to be the worst thing ever. Now eggs are supposedly good for you. I mean, I, I don't like, how, do, how does one decipher all of this information? Yeah, you see, and, and there there are so many different diets, and it gets so confusing. And I can come out with a study to support anything I want it to support, can I? Or pretty easily. <laughs> I mean, if I'm pretty much, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and that and and so that is, um, you know, my distress with all these different diets. Um, but I mean, we know just you know there. I mean, there's so there's already so much evidence that shows that you know, vegetables, so colorful vegetables, you want your, you want your, your food to be colorful with, um, vegetables and you want it in moderation. Fruit fruit loops are, fruit loops are colorful. Yeah, but they're also high in high fructose syrup. (laughs) That's like the first ingredient, Uh, (laughs) high fructose syrup. Uh Um, 
Yeah. So what I mean by colorful vegetables, not colorful fruit loops. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure everybody knows that we're being clear here that it has yeah, to be vegetables. Yeah. It can't be uh, uh, artificial food colorings and, and right. processed and, chemicals. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and I think it's it, it also, yeah, like I stated before, is just paying attention to the how the food makes you feel. But more often than not, those those fruit loops, <laughs> those sodas and fried foods, that's the energy depleting stuff, you know. And once you change your diet and you eat more colorful vegetables, you know, fruits, you will notice a difference in your energy level and how you feel in your mood. And a little bit more energy. So now you can exercise a little bit more, which means you may drop another pound, which means the whole snowball is working for you. Whereas in the other direction, you know, just one more nasty fast food meal, less energy, you gain a pound. So then you're going to sit and watch more TV because getting off the couch is that much harder. So then you're going to eat more and gain another pound and, and snowball in the other direction. So I think it all kind of works positively or negatively for us um, at, at all times. So Another word that you hear a lot about is inflammation. What is that? Why is it bad? What can we do about it? Yeah, so inflammation is just the body's resp response to an injury. The easiest example that I can uh, explain is an ankle sprain, right? You're walking, you may walk, you walk off a curb and you, um, you invert your ankle or your ankle goes inward. And then what happens to your ankle? It's swollen. It's hot. Those are all um, physical manifestations of inflammation, right? So that's just an example. So that's not a bad thing. I mean, your ankle needs the inflammation in order to heal itself, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. Um, so yes. So there's, you know, there are times where, you know, you have the inflammation and it's there for healing, but sometimes the inflammation can um, over be overexerted in the body. And um, that's when, especially in, in people who have uh, autoimmune disorders, like for example, lupus, um, that's when inflammation can be really high and that may be, be maintained with either um, nutrition or exercise and the worst case scenario than um, um, steroids. Are there certain foods that, that, uh, you know, promote inflammation as, uh, as a negative thing and certain foods that you should eat that, that, um, that, that would prevent, you know, excessive inflammation? Yeah. I mean, all those processed foods that we spoke about before, those, mm -hmm. you know, they can definitely be inflammatory inducing and it's better to focus on more colorful foods, more colorful fruits, vegetables, um, whole grains. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is kind of how health and money mirror each other. There's probably, I don't know, five or 10 things that if you either do or don't do with your money, you're pretty much going to be okay. You know, mm -hmm. don't spend excessively, don't live beyond your means, um, you know, build your value so that you can earn more money and, and those kind of things. And, and you're going to be okay. Well, it's probably in the physical body, there's Probably, I mean, because you've mentioned the, the 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 vegetables, the colorful vegetables, several times, and it seems like that is kind of the answer to quite a few health questions and and health problems. Oh yeah, no, for sure, and you know, and that's the thing, right? Because even with you know money and health, there's like all these distracting things. Oh, should you be paleo or vegan or? pescatarian <laughs> you know there's just so many distractions and i'm sure it's the same thing in your field right uh -huh. but if we just go back and just stick to the basics <laughs> uh -huh. 
just the basics. Let's just keep this really simple because mm-hmm. what happens is we get so distracted. Oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do that? And you know what ends up happening? We do nothing. Right. We do nothing. Right. So it's, that's why I'm like, okay, you know, vegetables, um, you know, fruits, water, whole grains, eating that consistently, taking inventory of how your body is responding to certain foods, right? You know, making sure that you are, you know, feeling energized and not energy depleting so that you can um, perform the the physical activities or the movements that can help you sustain that energy long term. Mm-hmm. So taking a kind of up a level, are there, I don't know, blood tests or any other type of tests that could kind of help someone like you to know exactly kind of the things that help my body to prosper? Because I, I would guess that, I mean, is it fair to say that my body probably, quote, wants certain nutrition, nu- nutrients more than your body does? Or, or Oh, yeah, of course. So, some? yeah, of course. So um, usually we do a, you know, just a, a complete blood count, which is looking at the cell, the, all the cell lines on your body. So you can tell if someone's anemic or maybe lacking iron stores or, you know, in an elderly person or an older, I should say, older person, um, maybe there's um, maybe a blood loss coming from somewhere. We can find that in a complete blood count. Um, also, there's a basic metabolic profile that allows us to assess the function of the um, the kidneys and also the liver. There's also, you know, we do the cholesterol levels to check to see what the um, your cholesterol is. And an A1C as well. Um, and that is to check to see if there's any evidence of diabetes. And um, I will often check a urine test as well um, because some people may have kidney problems and um, we can see evidence of that in the urine. And vitamin D levels as well, because um, depending on where you live, if you're in an area that is, does not have a lot of sunlight, you can be low in vitamin D. Uh, so those are some of the blood tests that we do um, on a, like a regular primary care visit um, to see what is just gives us like a just an assessment. Hey, what's what's going on in the body? And then occasionally, depending on a person's symptoms, let's say they think, oh, I'm just so tired, you know, just re- feeling really fatigued. I also check a thyroid um, hormone as well, because, um, you know, thyroid can also affect our mood. If you were, um, you know, one of my clients, I would do some some checkups as well. We would look at your numbers, your financial numbers, and and <laughs> and that would tell us, you know, where where some changes need to be made and and where there are opportunities, and and it would also tell us where where some of your strengths might be. So, how does your practice, you know, differ from the quote, you know, typical quote doctor's office? Yeah, so I kind of have like you know two practices. So I have like my my doctor job (laughs) you know and i am i have two um specialties i have my primary care um you know i work as a primary care physician and also sports medicine so um but you know i still incorporate a lot of the techniques that i you know that i that i've spoken about so sometimes though i don't have enough time to assess all the mindset stuff right Mm -hmm. and i have to um, be mindful of that and schedule more frequent visits, you know, let's say, you know, if a person who's like really struggling, you know, with Mm -hmm. their weight and diet, I may have to schedule more frequent visits so I can really attend to that person. Right. Um, Then I have my coaching um, job and that is where I'm really, I have way more free range because I'm um, now able to assess 
all you know the mindset things that are in the way in addition to helping that patient diligently uh, create goals that that really is to create goals that is is in in alignment with their lifestyle right because mm-hmm. i'm not like hey do these exercises eat this but i have to be mindful of okay well you know what time do they go to work and um what is their energy like at you know um, certain parts of the day and do they have support like do they even have support structures in place that can allow them to make the make this change so uh, that so in that setting i you know have way more free range i have way more time to get to the the meat of now where, is this like, in a virtual on. setting or in, in, in a virtual in, setting in, perfect yeah so there's no no boundaries no no distance issues so i love that and that's mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing of technology you know i have a great primary care doctor really nice guy i feel like he cares for me and i actually ask questions i care about my health but um, you know, I could imagine that in certain cases, just the typical primary care scenario, you don't have time to to really delve into, you know, hey, I, I noticed your liver number, so you're drinking too much. Stop drinking. Well, obviously, duh, right? But there's probably some other, you know, why should you stop drinking? What's causing, you know, what are the stressors triggering you to, and, and that's where maybe that coaching relationship could really help get to the bottom of what's causing you to drink, not just you know, I don't think anybody thinks that drinking's healthy, uh, but you know, maybe, and there's probably a hundred other habits that are that are unhealthy. That if you can get to the root of why that habit is happening, then you solve the problem or solve mm-hmm. a lot a, a bigger part of the medical issue that it's that it's causing. So yeah, for sure. All right. So um, if somebody is thinking, I want to take my health to the next level. And I would like to have a coaching relationship with a board certified physician to, because I know my health is important and I know there may be some things that I need to, to get past. How does somebody, how do they contact you and what does that process look like to, to even see if, if you and they are a good fit and, 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 and if it might make sense to work together? They would um, go to my Instagram page. And I have a bio there and you would click uh, the link um, uh, that is associated with that's on my bio. And um, in that link, you'll see a list of um, other different links, but you're going to click on one-on-one 30-minute discovery call. And uh, on that discovery call, um, we'll just discuss what you tried before, what worked, what didn't work, and you know, see like what your vision is. What is your wellness vision for your life? And that's interesting, wellness vision, because in most cases, doctor's visits are fix me, you know, make me better as opposed to help me to, to be well, you know, yeah. so, I, so I don't need someone to, to make me better. And obviously mm-hmm. illnesses are always going to happen. And, but, um, you know, just like preventable money problems, we like to help our clients to prevent. I'm sure one of your bigger goals is to help your, your, your clients, your patients to prevent the preventable health issues that are, sure. that are all there. For sure. for sure. So perfect. No, I love that. And uh, this is just a fascinating episode for me because I've always believed in health and I've, I've had people close to me with some health issues. And, uh, you know, th- they always say we're all going to die at some point, but there, there are just some ways, some chronic illnesses that are just very unpleasant ways to be sick. And, and they're quite honestly, they're horrible. I mean, a lot of the smoking related illnesses are just, they're ugly and horrible and painful and, 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 if you can not go through that, you want to not go through that. 
for, yeah. for sure. And I would I just want to say I, I rebuke that statement because I truly believe um, that we can live lives that we're proud of, that we can evolve into the highest version of ourselves while we're alive. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ab- absolutely. No, no, no question. So I'm going to ask you the last question that I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you, but, but I ask every guest for their definition of true wealth. So what is Dr. J's definition of true wealth? Yeah, I think true wealth means um, that you live in alignment with your values. Explain that. What, what, what okay. does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like in society and in, in general, we kind of do what other people expect us to do. So it's just like, okay, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to go to school, get a job. Um, and, you know, that's it, right? I, you know, encourage us to aspire for more, right? Um, it's like I mentioned earlier, it's evolving into that best version of yourself. Like we never just arrive there's always room to grow and expand and become that highest version of ourselves. And I think it starts by identifying what we value and Mm -hmm. living in alignment with it. So for me, one of my values is integrity. And um, for me to act in integrity, that means I need to practice what I preach. Um, Another one of my values is just standing up for what I believe in. So being on this journey as a physician I knew that I wanted to impact healthcare in a different way. And I was scared initially to take that plunge because I thought I was going to be seen as different. But along the way, I, you know, I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, I need to be, live in alignment with what I believe. And I believe that um, health is all encompassing, right? It involves our mind, it involves our body. And, you know, you know, there are some doctors, um, you know, that don't talk much about it. And there, there are other doctors who do talk about it. And I think this is the movement of, you know, healthcare is actually standing up for how you think the trajectory of healthcare should go. Because if we stay quiet, then more people become sicker and more people will die. But if we come out and really live in alignment, like, okay, this is unacceptable and I'm going to do something about it, then that's how you live into that highest version of yourself. Yeah, it's really interesting how your demeanor and even the tone of your voice just changed. I mean, the passion of 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 what you're talking about. I mean, I love that. I'm so passionate about it, David. If you haven't noticed, (laughs) no, that that's great. Now, I'm just curious: Have you gotten any pushback from the quote traditional medical community? Maybe that the coaching part is 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 I don't know, not not real medicine or or anything like that. Or have you gotten support? No, actually. So what happened was. I felt scared to like come out and yeah, you know talk yeah. about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I started finding other doctors who were talking about things like this. And now I have a community. So I'm not living in isolation. And I think just a part, just anything, it's so important to be part of a community and be amongst other people who think like, and who think like you, because that is how we all empower each other. So whether, you know, whether it's you starting a new fitness program or, you know, you know, whatever, any new routine or new habit, it's so important to be a part of a like-minded community because that's going to lift you up. That is what's going to um, help you live in alignment um, with what you say you believe. Yep. 
absolutely. No question whatsoever. I love what you're doing. And um, I think health is just such a, a neglected part of a lot of our lives. And it needs to not be because it's something that we have some control over. And, um, and, and yeah, our habits are just insanely important. So for anybody who is interested, go to, um, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but MedFitDO on, um, on, on Instagram, check out uh, Dr. J, uh, schedule that, uh, that one-on-one call. I mean, shoot, just to have a 15, 20, 30 minute uh, conversation uh, with a passionate physician. I mean, that's, that's a priceless conversation there. So, so I would encourage anybody to do that. That seems like a great idea. Let's all take care of what we can control within our health, within our money, within our relationships, within our spirituality. And uh, let's live, like you say, the best versions of ourselves, because that's really uh, what it comes down to. So, Really appreciate your time. And uh, until next week, we wish everybody a blessed holiday.